0: Welcome back to the In Goal Radio podcast. A different voice greeting you today. We are missing our number one goaltender, Darren Millard, who, as you may have heard, somehow managed to prove that riding a bike is more dangerous than stopping NHL shots just a couple of weeks ago. Um, Darren won't be with us today. The good news, folks, this is not our health and medical update to give, to be honest with you. We'll leave that to him when he gets back. But the good news is he is home and recovering and feeling better after giving us all a scare uh, with a bad accident that ended up with him in the hospital. Darren, we miss you, buddy. Uh, Much like a couple of teams heading into the Stanley Cup playoffs, we're just going to make do with our, our, our number two and third string goaltenders, I'm Kevin Woodley. David Hutchison is with me as we bring you the In Goal Radio podcast presented by our friends at the Hockey Shop, the Hockey Shop source for sports. Hutch, this is going to be a little, well, let's be honest, it's going to be a lower level with me running the show than it is with the man, the legend, Darren Millard. We miss him already. It took us 10 minutes to prepare for this just for that little intro. Good to have you with me today. I'd be really lost if I was flying solo. I I got to admit that this morning
1: I was trying to think of excuses so that I could just bail on you Woody and see if the Woody solo show would go but uh somebody's got to be here in Darren's absence just to keep you in check a little bit maybe but wow how are we going to survive without Darren Darren we wish you well buddy we uh, we're glad to be able to get in touch with you this week and see how you're doing and uh and folks you know Kevin not exaggerating things Darren is the one guy who can really compare bicycle riding two NHL shots on this podcast because as we all know he gets in there for skates with Vegas so not only uh does the In Goal Radio podcast have a bit of a depth issue in goal right now I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be a little bit worried without Darren there to help them out as well
0: so uh it's gonna be an interesting few weeks here for us as we head into the playoffs Woody we'll wait till he gets back but no word on whether he was wearing a dangler And that is what saved him or not. We know Darren likes to lecture us about not having danglers out on the ice. Uh, We're going to have to have a conversation about how much protection. Uh, Maybe we'll start wrapping him in bubble wrap before we send him out for bike rides down there in Vegas. But you're right, Hutch. Um, Before we get to what's going on around the league today, including a number of absences beyond Darren Millard in NHL creases as we head into the playoffs, just wanted to tease our guest, Hari Setari. I think I got that right. Not bad, not bad. Now of the Arizona Coyotes, uh, of course, signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and most notably this season, uh, Olympic gold medal winner, winner Hari Settery of the Finnish Olympic team. So we managed to catch up with him. Of course, Toronto signed him. Arizona claimed him. Tough spot to land at the end of a tough season for the Arizona Coyotes, who are Um, bleeding scoring chances and down on the depth chart in terms of regular players, but he's making the most of it, trying to show folks that he's ready to come back to the NHL after three dominant seasons in the KHL. Uh, So we'll catch up with him about the Olympic gold experience Uh, coming back to North America. What's the biggest adjustment? Is it the rinks? Is it the style of play? Is it having to wear smaller equipment after getting (laughs) trimmed and the old upper body from the KHL? Jari fills us in on all of those elements when we catch up with him in our feature interview presented by Sense Arena. But first, Hutch, as I mentioned, around the league, uh, you mentioned Robin Lehner, the Vegas Golden Knights, without him to end a road trip as he went home to deal with a family issue. Perhaps more seriously, I shouldn't say more seriously, but uh, in terms of impact heading into the playoffs, the Pittsburgh Penguins and their number one goaltender, Tristan Jari, who's been so good this season. Reportedly broken bone in the foot. were less than two weeks from the playoffs. Those timelines on healing are usually four to six weeks. So uh, an interesting situation for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and then last night, uh, right before we set to record this, the Carolina Hurricanes and Frederick Anderson, who is in the Vesna conversation, has single-handedly guided me to a hockey pool v- apparent victory. Uh, left the game looking really... Ginger awkwardly have to be helped off the ice against the Colorado avalanche. Uh, yeah, I won't even guess what that is. Could be MCL, could be hip, could be groin, could be anything. Didn't look good, looked painful. And we're just a couple of weeks from the end of the season. Um, depth charts have been so important all year, Hutch. They could be really important heading into the playoffs. Super
1: important. Like I know you've talked many times about uh, depth and over the last few years with COVID and all the changes to schedules and so on depth of uh, goaltending rotations for teams ever more important. And uh, and I was just thinking the other day that we might end up having a discussion this week about whether we would see more tandems in the playoffs than ever before. There seem to be a lot of s- scenarios around the league where uh, guys are sharing the load a little bit more than than usual. And, uh, and now that depth is being tested in a very different way, isn't it? And what a, a significant impact that could um, have on the playoffs. Who do you think is best set up to handle some of these? challenges Woody. what team has got
0: that number two who looks more like a number one b that
1: can carry the load in the absence
0: auntie ranta uh i've said this for years even when he was in arizona uh, as long as he's healthy and when he was healthy in arizona had some really good underlying numbers um so there's a guy that's had a pretty good season again he's missed a little bit of time here and there with injuries but a healthy auntie ranta Uh, I think, you know, he's not Freddie Anderson, but he's got a history of playing at a really, really high level. I'm curious to see what happens in the Pittsburgh crease. Uh, Casey DeSmith has had some really nice moments and some nice runs this season, Um, but there was a time earlier in the year where they were, you know, they were looking to give other guys an opportunity there. Louis Domingue. Uh, speaking of broken bones in the foot, like Deming looked like he was going to run with that opportunity. I think he stopped 40 of 41 in his first game against the San Jose Sharks this year and promptly suffered a broken bone in his foot in practice uh, the next day and missed a bunch of time. And that's where Casey Dismiss sort of started to, I think, turn his season around a little bit. But uh, Louis Domingue, a guy who uh, was almost out of the league and has made some significant changes to his game over the past year, working with Andy Kyoto, the New Pittsburgh Penguins goalie coach. Uh, I, you know, it wouldn't be surprised if we hear from him. He's had a, you know, he's had at least the last time I checked closely. He looked like he was having a really nice bounce back season. So I'm, I'm not sure, you know, either guy replaces a, a Tristan Jari or, a, or a Freddie Anderson, but there may be that opportunity. And as you speak to the depth charts, what's happening in Minnesota? Back and forth, back and forth. Mark Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot. They One continue of the ones to I was alternate. Thinking of, yeah. Yeah, and now and then another team that's missing there, I guess number one, but another team that I think we would have been talking about is a possible back and forth rotation tandem. What about the Boston Bruins? Linus Almark missed his last start. Jeremy Swayman comes in and has his best game in, in a couple of weeks, but there's two that have sort of alternated running hot and cold this season. If they were both to find their form at the same time, would would a straight rotation make more sense than a win and ear in mentality?
1: or maybe our friends in Toronto as well, wondering who might be taking the crease. One of the things I just love about the playoffs is those, those years when we get that storyline, somebody who just maybe comes out of nowhere and rises to the top and takes their team to a few victories. Uh, That guy who just carries the load. And I think, again, we've got ourselves set up for that opportunity that something like this could happen.
0: Well, speaking of carrying the load. I think we buried the lead when it came to injuries this week. Welcome yeah, back to the National we Hockey somebody. League. Yeah, somebody who we've had the opportunity to build a pretty good relationship over the years with. At the uh, day with Carey Price presented by Eli Wilson, I got to see him behind the scenes, see him work with kids, get to know how much more than just a great goaltender he is. So um, we're not supposed to be. We don't we're not supposed to cheer. Or at least I'm not supposed to cheer as media, but I was certainly cheering for the return of Carey Price this week after I think it was 282 days yeah. between games. Just nice to see Carey Price and nice to see the reception. Nice moment with the family and the pregame skate. Um, nice reception from the fans at the Bell Centre. Just you know, the hockey world is better with Carey Price in a Montreal Canadiens uniform stopping pucks.
1: Oh, isn't it though? And the Montreal fans, they they know how to do it well. Uh, just like Montreal knows how to put on a ceremony like nobody else. That reception was fantastic uh for Carey just wonderful to see i think just the whole reception around the the goaltending community everybody knows that uh as a group we're better uh with Carey on the ice both as a goaltender and uh, as you say as a person uh what he brings to the game i think is so important kevin and and uh and wasn't it great that he had a a really strong performance gave his team a chance um obviously not the storybook ending that we were hoping for but uh he gave his team a chance and and that's all you can do so uh welcome back Carey what about uh you know, we're talking about injuries, and we're talking about um, you know some teams not sure what to do. Kevin, what about uh, that Vesna Trophy race? Because now, what are we like ten, twelve days from the end of the regular season? Some of these stories are are becoming a little bit more interesting. I think people thought it was a slam dunk. Uh, I know you certainly had a a favorite, not just for the Vesna but for the Hart Trophy, and maybe the waters are getting a little bit muddied now.
0: Yeah, I think Igor Shesterkin was a slam dunk for the longest time. It looked like he was going to lap the field, but he's kind of stubbed his toe down the stretch here. I say that coming off a shutout. Um, but up until that point, there had been a little variation in his game that we were not used to seeing. And it's allowed some guys to sort of catch up to him. Uh, that shutout kind of put him back in the lead on the clear side analytics chart for goals saved above expected. And for folks that are maybe hearing that phrase for the first time, um, that basically means adjusting for shot quality. How much, how much truly has this goaltender prevented compared to others around the league, when we weight their defensive environment and the quality of the shots they face and the amount of shots they face. And so the cumulative number there is goals saved above expected. And like I said, for the longest time, Shesterkin was just so far ahead of the field. Well, this week, UC Soros actually caught him. Now, Soros is coming off a 4 nothing loss, and Igor's coming off a shutout that increased that gap to three goals again. But the fact that UC caught him, the fact that UC is in that conversation, and yes, it's a cumulative number. On a per-shot basis, adjusted save percentage, Igor is still number one in the league. Only Vili Huso is anywhere near him. But in a Vesna vote, should we be accounting for workload? Should we be accounting for the fact that UC Saros has seen, you know, almost, you know, Almost 500 more shots than Igor Shcherbina. That Shcherbina hasn't played as much. That he's needed more rest. That UC has been the workhorse, and at the end of the day, saved almost as nearly as many goals. Like like I said, on a per shot basis, it's it's Igor Shcherbina. But we're judging one season on a whole. And if nothing else, UC Soros has put himself at least back in that conversation where you know it's no longer the no doubter it was just a month ago.
1: Yeah, and don't we all in the goaltending community love to see UC Soros? Uh, take a run at this, right? What a, what a great story is for every young goaltender out there to see arguably the smallest goaltender in the league rising to the top of the, uh, the stats charts here, or at least challenging. Um, I definitely think, Woody, that the workload is important. I think it's also going to probably come down to, does Nashville make the playoffs? And I know it's a regular season award, but so many general managers, it's all about the wins. And uh, so, so where's Nashville going to be when we hit the end of the regular season? How much has UC carried his team into the playoffs? Um, That's going to be, that's going to be huge, but uh, you know, I feel for him because obviously that big New York market, and it's been the story for the entire year. Uh, So often, sadly, I think the GMs are just swayed by, by wins and stories. And I think for that reason, it's probably going to end up Shesterkin, but I really love seeing uh, Soros get in there. Who else is making an impact now?
0: Well, I would let's just go over the numbers real quick. I mean, okay. I mentioned the adjusted stuff, but on the on the plain numbers, Soros has started sixty three games to Igor Shisterkin's forty nine. Now, you could also make the counter argument that Igor's got thirty five wins in forty nine starts, and UC has thirty seven and sixty three. So, on a wins perspective, but I think we I think we're I would hope we're at the point right now where um, th- that's not the one that we're sort of deciding on, uh, although GMs tend to differ. That said, Saros' is 37 wins lead the NHL, so if we were to finish, however marginally, uh, above everyone else in that regard, uh, you never know. Uh, save percentage, raw save percentage, Shisterkin's at 935 and Saros is at 921. Uh, no one's really even close to Igor Shisterkin, but other names you mentioned in there, Hutch, Ilya Sorokin has entered the conversation and obviously he's not going to win a Vezna, uh behind a New York Islanders team that's not even going to be in the playoffs, but both in adjusted numbers and raw numbers, uh, he's serving notice that this is a conversation he's going to be a part of for a long time. And hey, Sorokin, Shishterkin, Vasilevsky, despite a dip recently, is still in the top 10. Once again, we're having that talk about the domination of Russian goaltending right now in the National Hockey League. Yeah, not
1: a fad, is it? Like we talk about sometimes about is it just the flavor of the month but uh, in this case it certainly isn't because it's getting backed up by results and uh, I do want to thank uh, Ilya Sorokin for making that late season push I think I looked a little bit silly when we did our preseason season Vesna picks and he got off to a pretty slow start Darren Millard looked pretty darn good with Bob uh, as his pick for the year and he Bob went off to a, a fantastic start to the season so so Ilya's um, saving my bacon here a little bit Uh, What about your uh, hockey pool guy, though, Freddie Anderson? Now, he's been in the conversation for a whole bunch of the year.
0: If he is missing the rest of the regular season, is that going to take him out of the top three? Honestly, I think it's all about the top two right now, Shesterkin and maybe Saros. And then beyond that, you know, uh, I think it's guys like Freddie Anderson, Darcy Kemper, who had a slow start in adjusting to things in Colorado, but has been excellent for the second half and and played himself into that conversation. Vasilevsky always seems to be in the mix, mix. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, a couple speed wobbles here down the stretch, but he's still in that conversation. Um, you know, the guys, you know, in terms of the adjusted numbers that are sort of next up in terms of goals saved, Thatcher Demko of the Vancouver Canucks had almost 27 goals saved, is actually third on that list from Clearside Analytics, though I don't expect him to get any votes just because I don't believe they're going to be a playoff team. Um, Billy Huso probably warrants some Vesna trophy consideration behind out of this whole group. He's got the toughest defensive environment to play behind his adjusted save percentage is right there with Igor Shesterkins. The only one is even in the ballpark close to 3%. Um, and he's a guy who, despite, you know, an, an even smaller workload probably deserves to be in that mix as well. So you know, I think there's, you know, there's kind of a long list of guys who could be in there, uh, from, from a, uh, finishing third perspective. And that could, you know, that could muddy the waters a little bit if there's a lot of different names on the ballot, uh, in that third spot. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure where I'd put my vote right now for the third, third spot. It would probably be Huso but then we could have an argument about whether he's played enough for that. Yeah, we sure could. If
1: nothing else though, couldn't we say, Kevin, this is probably the deepest field we've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because it's the deepest field in a year where a lot of people are asking, "Hey, like, how many guys can you really trust as your number one?" Like, I've had that conversation on a lot of my radio hits. Like, how many guys are consistently playing at that sort of elite level? Um, sometimes it feels like it's a shorter list, and and I have to admit that on the air. But then we go through this, and the number of guys who could be third on that Vesna candidate, even even Tristan Jari and the year he's had. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, there's different ways of looking at it. That's for sure. I think the, the bar for what we call elite goaltending
1: has been raised over the years and the expectation of everybody, whether it be, uh, coaches, general managers, media or fans, I think that expectation is now higher so that the consistency expected is, um, you know, at a different level today. So I think we can look at these guys and say that they're all absolutely incredible and then it, it seems to me, I don't know about you, Kevin, but uh, somebody has a, a bit of a speed wobble, as you call it, and immediately people start questioning, is this the guy we can trust? Do we need somebody else? There is so much great goaltending out there. Maybe it's that uh, grass is greener on the other side. People start looking, does somebody bring this for us um, in, in a better way? So I think the tolerance uh, of people is not what it used to be, even though I think maybe the talent and the performance might be as high as it's ever been.
0: Well, I I think what what sometimes and maybe it's like you said just the focal point or the focus that goes on it, but I think it shows you the value of consistency. Um, that consistency matters, right? Like we're we're not that far away from a Hall of Fame class that'll include Roberto Luongo, who's one of the things he did the best, like that consistent nine nineteen nine twenty career. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist and the consistent excellence that he brought. And I think a lot of this is based on this season alone and the fact that so many teams have gone so deep into their rosters, not just goaltending with 115 different guys, a record getting into games in the league, but in front of them. We forget that the depth charts have been challenged defensively and forwards and what usually disappears when you have a bunch of depth players called up from the minors to play in front of your goaltender. Structure, defensive play, those are the elements that tend to slip the easiest or the fastest and. I think some of the environments have had some speed wobbles in front of these guys this year. So, uh, But you know what? Speaking of consistency and wanting to lower expectations, I think it's time we go see Cam at the hockey shop because he's got a bunch of NHL gear he wants to sell us this week. Last week, we gave you the Bauer Pro Return pads and gloves. Well, we forgot to mention, or maybe we just teased it. They had a whole bunch of twigs. Bauer Pro Return twigs from some of the biggest names in the game. On sale now at thehockeyshop.com. Let's go over to Cam and get a quick rundown on what's available and where you can find it. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop, Source for Sports. Last week, relax there, Cam. Last week, we brought you Bauer Pro Return gear, gloves from Andre Vasilevsky, which I was just
2: pro-returning myself into an NHL dream that I had. Um, <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know what to do with that. Um, I caught you stumbling again. Today we got some pro return six. sticks to check out.
0: Some of which I'm going to hit him over the head. So why do I still have Andre Vasilevsky's gloves on? Because I've got Andre Vasilevsky's stick. One of many options that we have here on sale at thehockeyshop.com. A full stock in the back of pro returns from Bauer. This one's a Vasti stick labeled the Hyperlite. Um, we've got all kinds of different names here. Cam, well, tell me, tell me a little bit about the pro return sticks that we have here. I know you can't go through every spec. It's going to be a lot of folks checking it out online and finding the specs you like. This
2: Vasi, for example, says pentagrip, but no pentagrip. No pentagrip. Steep shoulder. Not actually a hyperlight stick at all, based off of some of Bauer's custom sticks that they have available to their NHL guys. Like me, for example, I'm holding a KCD Smith stick. Labeled as a 2X Pro, not a 2X Pro. An older Reactor 6000 stick. Lots of specs that can be covered. You know what, this one has a lot of questions that can come up and they honestly are a little bit better explained to you by me over the phone, 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. This this Yaroslav Halak is an actual ultrasonic, though, no? Hey, there's a true example of an ultrasonic stick. However, Curves. That's another thing to really go over. There's a lot of custom curves on here beyond our P34s and our P31s. Montembo. Yes. Kevin is checking these out Corpus clearly Allo. for the first time. <laughs> it's amazing. Whenever we thought that Kevin couldn't read. hugber He always proves us wrong. <laughs> Check all these out. These will all be ready to rock Ooh, and roll on our website. One of our, our favorites. favorites. James reimer Optimus Rhymer as well. 2x Pro. Exactly. Give me this one. Okay, you can take that one as well. Mackenzie Blackwood. What I'm trying to say here, folks, I'm not
0: doing a very good job of, there are tons of options in stock at The Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com. On sale now. Cam, one golden rule, we try and remind people about Pro Returns. These are non-warranty sticks. Uh, any other questions, just give him a call. Check them out at thehockeyshop.com to get all the details on how you can get your hands on Andre Vasileski's stick and so many others.
2: Like I said, brief overview again. Give us a call. We can talk about it. Quite a few different curves to check out, different paddle heights, different shoulder shapes. Give us a call. We can chat about it. Have you given the number yet? Uh, 1-800-567-7790 604-589-8299 Yes, I already gave the number.
0: A reminder, folks, that you can find that gear segment in living color, motion picture color at YouTube, IGTV, on our Instagram. We'll link to it from our Twitter, all our social media, as well as on the post at ingolmag.com where you find uh, the podcast each week. We always embed the video for the gear segment quite often. Cam and I are talking and we forget. That not everyone can see it. So um, if you're looking for the the one with pictures, like me when I was a little kid, I wanted stuff with pictures, books with pictures. I believe they call them comics. We have that on our YouTube channel showing some of those sticks, some of those curves, some of those different lies and some of those different models that Cam has got on sale now. And as usual, if you've got any questions about them, because I expect them to sell out fast, the CCM batch certainly did. Uh, make sure you contact them at thehockeyshop.com. Uh, the email, phone numbers are all on there. Uh, Cam will take care of you. And I believe they still have some of that pro return gear left. Dubnik, Olmark, Vasilevsky uh, all just went on sale this week. So make sure you check it out for your opportunity to get pro level gear at retail level prices.
1: Speaking of books with pictures, Kevin, when you were younger, didn't you love the very, the very best ones were the ones with the pop-up pictures? You know, you open the pages and you get that big three dimensional thing that pops up in front of you. I think one better than checking out our videos, which is like the picture of the picture books, the pop up pictures, that's going to see Cam in the hockey shop. So if you happen to be in the lower mainland of Vancouver, you can uh, hop by the hockey shop and check out all this great gear and give Cam a a hard time when you're there. We love hearing about people who've come from far away. When I was there last time, uh, Woody, after you had. Uh, had to head off to the Canucks practice there was actually a family from uh, from England who'd come over and they were there to uh, stock up on their gear and bring gear back they actually had a shopping list for other uh, young goaltenders over in England so uh, they the market for the hockey shop is all over the place when you're checking out these videos everybody could you do us a huge favor there's a like button there on YouTube. If you could just hit that and maybe hit the comments as well and get in there. Cause the discussions are starting to, to really grow in these videos, uh, keeps us busy during the week, talking to people, firing those questions off to cam so that he can get you the answers that you're looking for. Um, just really enjoying that growth in the community over there in the videos, Woody.
0: Like, and subscribe, smash those buttons. Like I try and smash cam with some object inanimate each week in the videos. And
1: feel free to give Kevin a hard time in the comments, as if you start reading those, you'll see there's a little bit. Somebody called him an old man this week. Makes me feel
0: good. You'll notice that uh, ever since I was called an old man in the YouTube comments, the Santa Claus white beard has been removed from my face. (laughs) You look like you lost 10 pounds, Woody. So folks, you have the ability to affect real change in the world with your comments on the YouTube channel. Someone called me old. I shaved the white beard. That was my response. <laughs> hey,
1: we've shot videos because of those comments, too. So quite seriously, if there's something you want more of, let us know in there and we'll we'll work at
0: it. All right. Well, uh, back to uh, as we, we set up our guest, I had one piece of news that we forgot to work into the opening segment. Congratulations to Brian Elliott, past guest of the In Goal Radio podcast, on signing an extension with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we've talked to Curtis McElhenny about how hard that gig is behind Andre Vasilevsky. Oh, cool. You only get to play every couple of weeks. That's a team that, yes, they've got two Stanley Cup championships, but they lean pretty heavy on goaltending. When they make mistakes, they tend to be great A's after dominating at the other end. It is not an easy position when you don't see shots, and then they're tough ones. And it's doubly so if you're Brian Elliott, and you got to wait two weeks in between each opportunity. But he's done it well. His adjusted numbers are all above water. Uh, And then nice to see the Tampa Bay Lightning reward him with another year on the deal. Yeah, and we've talked about that a lot, Woody, about the
1: the difficulty of coming in as a backup, having sat on the bench for two, three weeks or more sometimes. But let's not just think about the technical side of that. Um, What a human being it takes to fill that role well on a team like that. Every young kid out there who's been on a team and a tandem, when maybe you're not the guy that all your teammates are looking at as being the number one dog in the net, um, that's a really difficult place to be. It's difficult to take that net when you know the guy who might normally be there is the best goaltender on the planet. So to have the confidence, to be able to uh, secure the confidence of your team and fill that role, I think is as much a mindset um, issue as it is a technical issue. We should probably get our good friend Pete Fry, who writes so many great mindset articles, uh, to talk about having that mindset of a backup. And How can you support your team the best? Well, of course, wanting to get as many starts as you possibly can. Uh, Really challenging role.
0: Yeah, not easy. And uh, we heard John Cooper, the coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, talk this week after the contract about all the things that Brian Elliott does to stay prepared and how much he wishes the young players would really pay attention to the work that goes into it. Um, in those long gaps between starts to make sure you're ready mentally, to make sure you're ready physically, to make sure you're a good teammate every day in practice out there, uh, you know, quite often as a target. And so good for Brian. Uh, nice for John Cooper to really recognize the importance of the role and how well Brian does it. Um, you know, speaking of time off between starts, not everyone gets to go on the ice. You know, especially if you're not playing as much as you'd like to. We're heading into the summer months. Maybe you got a gap. Maybe you're signed up for spring league or a summer league as a beer leaguer. But you got a month or month and a half gap. Well, what better way? We don't have NHL ice. We don't have daily practices. We we can't get out there all the time. So, what better way to stay sharp than to fire up the old sense arena? Um, what's new over at Sense Arena Hutch? Uh, they've done such a good job of keeping us game sharp even when we don't have a lot of games to play. Uh, I do think we should look into a bicycle program on the VR for Darren. Might be a little safer to ride with a headset on in his house than outside in the wild, but other from a hockey perspective, how can Sense Arena keep us sharp when we're not playing?
1: Uh you know, I think this is one of the best times of year uh, to be getting into Sense Arena. We we think it's an incredible tool during the season uh, for preparing to go on the ice, but in the off season, doesn't it give you that opportunity to see shots, to learn, to read shots, to work on your cognitive skills, um, to work on learning, to read power plays and, and all sorts of different movement skills, hand skills. They're all there and you can do them all summer long uh, when maybe you don't have the same access to the ice that you normally would. I think for so many young goaltenders, uh, older goaltenders as well, uh, the next four months here are going to define what your season will be like. And uh, whether you already know where you're playing next season or you're heading into tryouts, Sensorena is going to give you that opportunity to get an edge on the competition so that you can get off to the best start you've ever gotten off to when you hit the ice in August or September uh, with your team for next season. So Sensorena, one of the things that's awesome about it, Woody, is that they have new releases coming out all the time, uh, whether it's minor tweaks or major packages about four times a year. And one of the ones that came up most recently actually was adding those warmups, interestingly, uh, so that you can have a very set warm-up that takes you through maybe about 12 minutes of, of skills so that you can get ready to go on the ice, much better than just tossing balls against a wall or juggling, whatever. And, uh, and then they've also improved uh, by giving a new way of actually targeting the shots, so that instead of just random shots, you can work on a skill with repeated shots to the same place again, in a way that players simply can't do on the ice. So I think Sense Arena augments the game for all of us, giving us a tool that we just don't have when we're on the, on the ice, and we encourage everybody to do so. And we know there's a huge group of people using it right now, because if you want to go and purchase Sense Arena, want to get your annual license, if you use the code IGM50, uh, you'll get a further discount as a result of being an in-goal listener. And then they let us know how many people have uh, purchased Sensarena through that code and uh folks we're blown away every month how many people have signed on to sense arena so join them so you're ready next season
0: shouldn't be surprised though you're right this is that time of year i mean even you know whether you're uh you know young goalie whether you're a high level goalie working your way up through the ranks and getting into like junior tryouts and junior camps um or you're a beer leaguer like me like we i hit a point here where a couple of canucks games on the schedule that conflicted with my beer league game next thing you know we got playoffs coming up, and I haven't been on the ice in three weeks. Well, I'm firing up the practice, practice plan at Sense Arena for sure to try and stay sharp. You know who else could have used it? Our guest today. Hari Seturi had a long gap between games. Goes from the Olympics to the KHL, leaves the KHL to sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs, gets claimed by Arizona, has to deal with some visa issues from Canada to playing for an American team, went a long time between being on the ice Uh, And to add to that, he had to adjust to a new team, a new league, a new sized ice, a new style of play, and some new equipment courtesy of downsizing from the National Hockey League, at least one piece of equipment. We wanted to get into all that with our guest this week, presented by Sense Arena, here from the Arizona Coyotes, Hari Setri. Really excited to welcome to the Ingo Radio podcast for the first time, Hari Seturi. Did I get that right? You just told me, and I already yeah. worried I screwed it up.
3: It's, it's good. It's it's good.
0: All right. Okay. Close,
2: close enough
0: for now. <laughs> for the rest of the show, I'm just calling you Hari, so I don't have to worry about messing that up. Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us. I, I know I'm kind of catching you in in the midst towards the end of a whirlwind season. Um, so much has gone on. I almost wasn't even sure where to start with this. I want to talk about the Olympics and congratulations on a gold medal for Finland. But for starters, Thank let's you. go with with out of the gate, like the current situation. What's this been like? Um coming back from the KHL, you sign in Toronto, you end up in Arizona, a film familiar face there, I think, in Corey Schwab from your time with the Shark system. Um what's this what's this transition been like? Because it feels like that's a lot going on for you right now.
3: Yeah, it's it's been right <laughs> the whole season, what has happened. Uh, but uh, now I'm here and I'm uh, just trying to focus on, on things here. And uh, uh, to be honest with you, I, I enjoy every moment of it.
0: What um what's been the biggest adjustment and, and and does it help you know having a past relationship with Corey? I know it's been a number of years, but I, I'm I think I'm right that you would have had a chance to work with him and get to know him a little bit in the Sharks system. Of course, they first drafted you about a, you know over a decade ago, but did you know was it did it make it easier sort of having somebody you knew a little bit?
3: Yeah, of course, of course, it was easier to me that I know Corey, uh, and he has helped me a lot to adapt to the North American hockey, and to the team team also. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been a huge help for me.
0: What's the biggest adjustment, Hari? Because we hear a lot, and we've talked to other goalies that have come back from Europe. Um, obviously, in Russia in particular, uh, it's a style of game. There's a lot of east-west passing, a lot of pass, 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 maybe pass one more time, dust it off, pass again, and shoot. Like A game that requires a lot of patience. What's the biggest adjustment for you coming back to North America? And the NHL, especially on such short notice, such a quick turnaround.
3: Yeah, I think I think it's the pace of the game and, and everything happens so so much faster here than in, in, in Europe. And uh more traffic traffic too. But I think I think the pace of the game is, is the biggest change for me.
0: After after the time away, the game has also become I'm not sure if you've noticed this as well, but a lot of that pace is directed east west, right? Like this has become very much a lateral game in terms of offense are there some benefits to having had, having played in the KHL and, and all the patience that seems to be required there like it feels to me from the outside like that's a game that requires you to beat a lot of plays on your skates to move really well and to be patient
3: yeah uh, I think I've 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 gained some some uh, patience over the years uh, either it's uh, European hockey or or the age <laughs> Uh, yeah, But that, that definitely helps helps me here
0: <laughs> are there things you can do to get adjusted to the pace like are there certain drills or is it just a matter of sort of seeing it over and over again in practice or do you even just you, you need to see it in games too
3: yeah I, I think it's just to get reps reps in uh, and and to focus on that that you're kind of focusing all the time when the puck is uh, in zone you know, there's There's no time to relax, and you you have to really focus on that when you when you come from Europe back here. Uh, Yeah, I think you just you just gotta get the games and practices in.
0: Is it uh, you talked about the pace? Um, It's obviously a little more direct, a lot more traffic, as you mentioned as well. That sort of that that time that you mentioned in terms of when plays in zone. Um, on the bigger ice, is it like can you actually sort of relax out there when the play's in the corner versus the NHL, where it's it feels like it's on top of you right away?
3: Yeah, I think I think that's a wrong word, but but I think you get the idea that that, that in a in a bigger rink, like you have you have more time to look what's what's happening in the zone and and kind of relax, but not but not really. <laughs>
0: What to, are there drills that you like? Are there things that you and Corey, I mean, you're speaking to an audience where everyone's a goalie that's listening to this right now. Is there anything that, you know, any types of drills or specifics you guys have been working on to sort of help get that pace, help get you comfortable with that direct attack? Um, is there anything that you find helps more than others uh, in terms of the work you guys have been putting in?
3: Nothing special. Just to get, get used to the ring size and, and get familiar with the post. Uh, the be, being on uh, reverse situation a lot. I think there's a lot more reverse situations here than than I used in in Europe. So all kind of drills where I have to go the reverse and and do all kind of stuff from there.
0: Oh, it's interesting. I was one of the drills that I watched you guys in warm ups yesterday. Uh, you know, pre game skate before the Vancouver game in the morning, and I noticed there was a lot of work sort of in and out of the posts, and I was curious how much more you needed reverse over here. Um, is that just the nature? Do you think of like guys will shoot from anywhere here? Um, is it because of the, you know, sort of the directness of the attacks and the facts that, that they'll funnel pucks through traffic. Um, why do you think the reverse is so much more important over here? Maybe than than in Europe, at least for you so far,
3: I think it's because the, the situation comes so much faster here. So you, you don't always have time, time to go down. If you, if you're up on your feet, so so if if you use reverse more, then you're gonna ready there and you don't get surprised.
0: Yeah, that may I mean that makes perfect sense, and and it's interesting uh, to hear you say that because we you know how it is over here or well anywhere I guess probably you see see a goal go in if somebody's in reverse and and all of a sudden the, the commentators and on the internet, it's all about, hey, just stand up, just stand up. But there's a reason we can't just stand up, right? It sounds like in Europe, maybe there is a little more time to be patient on your skates before settling into reverse compared to over here.
3: Yeah, for sure. Especially uh, for me, I feel like I, I move better when I'm on my feet. So I try to try to stay on my feet as much as possible. And it's it's easier in Europe than here, for sure.
0: Where did the Olympics fit into that from a style perspective? I mean, you in the midst of your KHL season, you go over to the Olympics. What was that like in terms of adjustment? I, I'm guessing, you know, not as big an adjustment, or were there some things you had to make, you know, change in your game and get used to in very short order with new te- teammates in that Olympic style tournament?
3: It was, it was kind of a hybrid situation because because they used the initial size ring there. Yeah. But still the European players. So, so it was kind of hybrid situation, um, but I think it was it was a similar similar game than what what we we played in KHL.
0: What's the harder adjustment? Is it like adjusting to a smaller rink on short notice? Was that fairly easy compared to say adjusting to the NHL now, where the style of play is different and the rink smaller? Like which of those two is harder? The the rink size and maybe some of the angles, or the style of play? Is that a bigger adjustment?
3: I think the the style of play, that's that's the bigger bigger change.
0: And did you get a chance when like did you have much of a I mean quote unquote training camp environment with your finished teammates heading into the Olympics? Like how you know, we talk about goalies switching teams, you're going through that right now in the NHL and you know, learning tendencies, learning systems. You know, how much time did you have to sort of adjust to how you guys were playing things, uh, you know, with Team Finland in the Olympics, and how, what, what to you was the key to making that adjustment as quickly as you did? Because you had an exceptional tournament.
3: I think we had like two, three weeks camp before the before the tournament, and uh, it was it was kind of easy because I've been with the with the Team Finland a lot, and and I know all the guys, and and guys know each other, so we kind of knew. Do each other before the tournament, and uh, and how everybody plays. So kind of easy to adjust to the team.
0: What what is the biggest adjustment as a goalie? You're again you're going through it right now in Arizona. You're, I mean it's a massive adjustment because it's a new league and there's new players and new systems. But is it as a goalie? Is it the system or is it getting to know the tendencies of the players in front of you? Whether a defenseman, what side of a screen they're going to be on, whether they're going to take pass or shot on a two on one. What takes longer to get used to
2: uh, I don't know
3: man I think I think <laughs> everything just just as thought I the play, yeah, everything
0: yeah, yeah, no worries, um and so what what where does that moment rank? I mean y- you've had a long pro career already, obviously working your way, you're back in the NHL right now, but where where does a moment like like you know you've got a silver medal at at the world championships as well but to to be in an olympic games for starters just to be there and then to win a gold medal where does that rank for you on a on the career spectrum uh i
3: think it goes to the very top there yeah it's a rare thing olympic gold it it was a huge thing for me even even to play for the olympics but we won that and i i was hockey history for for finland
0: too so it's first it's one really yeah, friends, yeah. <laughs> how much how much did you guys get a chance to celebrate it did, was there a chance to go back home and and have that moment appreciated back in finland or were you right back into your season
3: yeah we had a we had a little little celebration in finland for uh one day and then the other day i i already had to take a plane to russia
0: and then from there, you make the decision to leave the KHL and come back to the NHL. Has have you had an opportunity to really let that Olympic gold medal soak in? Um, like you said, you know what how big that moment is, but have you had a chance to appreciate it fully? Because it it really has been a whirlwind since then.
3: Yeah, to be honest with you, I I, I haven't quite realized it even now that what what we won there, and uh, I think I think it's going to come after the season when 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 there's time to relax and. And uh, remember all the all the things would happen happened there, and, and it, it takes some time.
2: And
0: now, where is the, do you have? Is the medal in a safe spot? Is that something like do you lock it away in a safe back home in Finland? Is it with family? Do you bring it with you? How do you how do you take care of an Olympic gold medal?
3: Yeah, it's 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 in Finland at my home, very safe place.
0: <laughs> Coming back over here, one of the other adjustments I wondered about. I was curious because I saw the new pads. I wasn't sure if that was the first time you had them on. They look pretty fresh. The new pads and the new blocker from Bauer uh, at the rink the other day here in Vancouver. We've seen and you know, I've talked to guys that played over in the KHL and some of the restrictions or limits on pants and chest protectors are quite different there compared to over here. I was wondering how yeah. much of an adjustment did you have to make on equipment? Like on top of all the other things like smaller rink, new team, totally different style of play um not playing for a long time like so much going on and oh hey by the way you got to change your gear too what was that like
3: <laughs> yeah it's it's always not easy to get get a different gear but i've i've been using almost the same style of gear over 10 years now so it's not a big thing for me i think the most what i have I have problems with is the just an arm it's it's so much smaller and tighter than in, in Europe.
0: We heard, we, I've heard we had who, I can't remember who we had on recently, who was over there. And he said there were over there with chest and arms there. There are some guys that are sticking like yoga blocks in their chest and arms to make them look bigger. Like not a lot of rules when it comes to the size of a chest protector over there compared to here. They're, they're pretty small here these days. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a big difference. Now that's a tough adjustment. What about your pads? Did they have to actually? I, w- I was curious seeing you play in the same pads you wore overseas. Like, did they have to actually go through the NHL office and then meet up with you? Like, what is that process like when you come over from Europe at this point of the season? Yeah, I, I got my
3: my gear checked by uh, by NHL when I came here, and obviously all the all the new gears goes through the NHL office and then and then comes to me after.
2: And at
0: least you didn't have to change your pads right away, but that, but still, I'm guessing the pants were probably a little more streamlined too. We've had a lot of rule changes over here. That can't be an easy adjustment. Um, what, what's the goal coming back? Um, you've, you've been in the NHL before with Florida started with the sharks. Both times went for a stint over in Europe in the KHL and now come is the goal to get another opportunity here next season. Um I'm guessing there would have been a lot of teams interested after the Olympic gold medal kind of probably reminded some teams of how good um you are and and can be. What's what does the future look like for you? What are the I guess it'll depend what what options are, but is that the plan to try and stick again?
3: Well, you know, I'm I'm open to everything. Like I I don't have a specific goal for uh, for next season. Let's see what happens. I, I'm I'm up, open to everything. I open to NHL and and Europe. I I don't really know yet what what I'm going to do next year.
0: How is how is your game like? It, maybe some specifics. I remember, like I said, I remember talking to Leo Luongo uh, when you were in the Florida system, um, and and he was really excited about where your game was at and felt you were ready for the NHL. You sign in Detroit the next season and don't really get an opportunity before going back. How has your game changed over the last five or six years? What are some of the specifics that have evolved to allow you to have all the success you had in the KHL, at the Olympics, and now getting another shot in the NHL? What types of things have changed for you over the years, Hari?
3: I think the style is, is still the same. Same what, what it was 10 years ago, but I think I'm, I'm more, more calm, I'm more, more patient now, so I'm, I'm grown up now. <laughs>
0: Does that just come with experience? Like uh, that's one thing we always hear and and we've talked a lot about um the importance of patience in today's NHL with all the east-west movement and as good as the shooters are. Uh and it's a question that I like to ask guys when they say I'm I'm more patient, like is there a way like if a kid were to ask you, how do I become more patient as a goalie? What advice would you give them?
3: For for me it came came with the age for sure. I I got it just just through the experience. Um, I think there is no, no magic trick to to all of a sudden get all the patient and calmness. I think you, you have to like experience and then, and, and focus on that and, and stick with the process.
0: Is it more about, you know, like you say that experience is about being able to read the game and anticipate what's going to happen and just getting comfortable with trusting your patients?
3: Exactly, the trust and and the confidence—it's a—it's a huge thing.
0: So I got i want to go back a little bit here and ask you where it started. I'm kind of curious, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about goalie coaching and history. And obviously, we've heard a lot about Finland and the program there. But first off, what where did the passion start for you? Where what made what made you want to become a goaltender?
3: I was I was a very young boy. Uh, I I used to watch watch it on TV. They they always showed on the weekends. Uh, NHL highlights and, and and obviously the the Finnish league too. So yeah, just through the through the TV watching watching the games and got interested and there uh, we go.
0: Was it always goaltending, or did you play some out and play some forward or D, or was it just something about the position that drew you to it right away?
3: It was actually actually a goalie right away. I I wanted to be goalie since the day one. <laughs>
0: Was there a guy that you admired, that you watched? I'm thinking like, I'm trying to think of the timelines, like early 2000s, we'd have Mika Kiprasov tearing it up uh, with the Calgary Flames around 2003. Was was he an inspiration or were there other guys, you know, even in, in the Finnish League that you watched that sort of you modeled your game after it all?
3: Uh, for sure, Kiprasov. uh What else I think? Uh, Pasi Nurminen, for sure. Yeah. Later on, Kari Lehtonen those those were the guys who i was watching the most
0: some some pretty good names there um what about from the goalie coaching perspective once you started playing like like i said we've heard a lot about the program i think you know you look at the swedes have modeled their program to a large extent a lot of countries have basically used what finland was doing you know way ahead of everyone else to sort of try and build out their national teaching programs what was your experience like when did you have your first goalie coach is it something that was a part of, you know, your experience in the position all the way through?
3: Yeah, I was very early on. I think I can't remember the exact age what I was, but I, I would say I was like eight, nine years when I when I had my first goalie goats. And ever since I've I've had a goalie goats in a team like every year. So for sure, it it, it helps when you get it so young
0: play over there in the Finnish league, you get drafted, you come over to the AHL. What differences did you notice in the style of coaching? We hear a lot about Finnish goalie coaching and active hands, um, elements like that. But were there things that changed for you, differences in the approach once you came over to North America that you can remember? Well, at
3: that, that time, it, it was... I think that was the time when when it was more blocking blocking here... than than that. But, uh, I, I, like Corey was there with me and he, uh, he let me be me. So he, he didn't change me that much. So it it wasn't a, that big of a difference.
0: And and you're right. It would have been an era where there would have been a lot more passive, just sort of get in position. Um, and make yourself big uh, elements to the coaching over here and obviously you've got a lot of size were there any you know times along the way where somebody said to you because this is part of the challenge of being a pro right you get different voices and different people uh, with opinions on your game Were there was there ever a point where they're like hey you just need to close holes and you know not have active hands and just try and be a big body was that ever something you had to you encountered or had to sort of Battle against a little bit, I guess, to stay true to who you were as a goaltender.
3: Actually, not really. I, I think all the is what I've had, they they haven't tried to change me that much. Obviously, everybody has some of their opinions, and and everybody tries to tries to bring something to the table. But I think you gotta you gotta figure out on your on your own that what kind of goalie you are, and then kind of cute things from from this guy and other for from that guy and kind of build on your game from there.
0: Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Um, tools in the toolbox, right? That's what we always like to say. Just find something you can take away from each guy. What was the coaching influences like when you went back to the KHL the first time or even this last time? I know there's, you know, interestingly, there's a lot of Finnish goalie coaches that work in the KHL now. Did did you have Russian goalie coaches, Finnish goalie coaches? You've kind of got a taste of all North American, Finland. Did you get, have any Russian goalie coaches, and do you notice any differences in their approaches?
3: Yeah, I I had a Russian goalie coach every year when I was in KHL. It's it's getting I think it's getting better in Russia too. Now they're they're catching up with the goalies too. Uh, first time when I and when I went there, it. It wasn't that good. <laughs> and we we didn't we didn't yeah. have a we didn't have the same language with, with the guys always, so it made it made it a little harder. Um but actually last, last year I worked with uh what's the Columbus goalie Russian goalie Tarasov. He's his father was, was with me in, in Sibir and, and I, I really liked him. He he was a hard hard working guy and, and had a lot of a lot of fun with working with him.
0: Yeah, no, I know Daniel Tarasov. I I have heard that his dad's a goalie coach over there. That's great. What what kind of things did you see over there in the goalie coach? Like you said, it's it it's gotten a lot more modernized. Is is what we hear. Um, and we you know we keep seeing Russian goaltenders come over and have incredible success in the National Hockey League as well. Was there anything you noticed about just the way they did things or? You know any any theories you might have on why they're doing so well in the goaltending world these days, based on what you saw?
3: I can't pick any 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 difference. I, I feel like nowadays it's getting pretty similar all over the world, and, and and the coaches are so so professional nowadays that 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 everybody is kind of trying to do the same thing.
0: Is there any? Do you think there's any danger? Not danger is the wrong word, but. Um, is there still room for unique elements within that guy? I mean, as much as you're right, it is becoming very similar. Or We still see that there's, n- there's not necessarily just one way to play this position. I think it's what I love the most about it, right? Different. There's so many different variations in style and subtle things that different guys do differently.
3: Yeah. I think, I think still like there is, so many styles and there's there are goal is Every, everybody is individual and everybody is different. So, uh, yeah, like you said, it, it makes it exciting and fun.
0: Well, I should have started with this, Hari, but if you if someone were to ask you to describe your style, your strengths, where your game is at now and what your foundation is what would be some of the key elements that you tell them that when I'm playing well, this is what I'm doing. This is where my focus is. And this is, this is what I'm doing well.
3: Uh, I think it's just, uh, just the reading the game well and moving well, and, and being patient, like we, <laughs> we've talked about it. Uh, yeah. And when you do those things good, then your confidence builds up and, and that's, that's the key to everything. I think it's the confidence.
0: What's the hardest part about reading the game when you're changing leagues like this, when you go from the KHL to the Olympics and then come over here to North America, is it trusting the reads? Do you, have you used video with Schwabi to sort of get comfortable with the reads over here, or is it just a matter of getting in there and getting that real, real time experience? I think
3: for me, for me, it's, it's the getting the real experience. That's, that's how I, I learned the best just to get games in and, kind of experience yourself what's what's happening out there
0: good stuff well Hari, i i don't want to keep you any longer i really appreciate your time today i'm hoping we get to see you some more and get more of that real real live ammo experience uh here here in the nhl towards the end of the season i know it's been a whirlwind for you um but uh best of luck the rest of the year and hopefully um hopefully we run into you in the near future again uh, and get to catch up again on the Ingo Radio podcast. I really appreciate your time today, and congratulations above all on the Olympic gold medal. What a great accomplishment.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. Really appreciate Hari spending all that time with us. Um, you know, Some of the answers were a little quick, but as he asked me afterwards, how was my English? We got to remember that that's not the first language for these guys, and we're doing it over the phone, so not the most comfortable situation. I thought he handled it really well, and a lot of insights into some of those answers. So thank you very much, Hari Setri, for spending the time with the Ingle Radio podcast. You did great. I'm uh, looking forward to him you know, hopefully getting another shot here. I do remember talking to Leo Luongo, who uh, is uh, the development goalie coach for the Florida Panthers, when Hari was there, and really felt like he was ready for that opportunity. Did really well with it with Florida. Signs in Detroit the next year. Doesn't get a shot. Goes back to the KHL. Like, it's all about right place, right time. Um, And, you know, obviously with the waiver claim, it would be hard to argue that he ended up in the right place from a goalie perspective. That's a tough, tough team to play behind. You know, I'm, I'm not putting him on the spot there. This is me talking about it. But, I mean, Arizona, they hung tough for a lot of this year. I mean, they, you know, they were never a great team, but they had a chance on a lot of nights. Um, gutted by the trade deadline injuries to several key players since the trade deadline. Like that's just a skeleton crew right now. And they're going through a tough stretch and the goalies, unfortunately both him and, and Carl Vimelka bearing the brunt of it. I think Vimelka's three straight starts of six or more. Like they're just, you know, it's, there's a lot of rubber flying at these guys right now. So tough environment, but hopefully uh, through it all, I think four or five teams I read, uh, had put in a claim for Hari from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, when the Maple Leafs signed him, if you play in Europe and come back to North America, you have to clear waivers. And and if that many teams put in a claim for you, that tells me there's some interest. And so hopefully we get to have another conversation with Hari in the NHL next year as they come through town to play Vancouver.
1: For sure. I don't think we can emphasize enough how courageous uh, that was of him to come on the podcast and not just... You know, answer a few questions from the reporters in the dressing room, but actually a long 40 minute sit down with Kevin Woodley and try and explain yourself in a language that uh, you're not used to working in. That was, uh, that was brilliant. Really, really enjoyed him taking that time with us. I probably don't want to get into it at this point, but that rule where he's got to go through waivers is kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, I mean anybody yes, and- could have signed him.
0: Yeah, it's designed to sort of prevent teams from loading up with players from Europe uh, at the deadline. Rich get richer, teams that have more money that can offer things that other teams can. I mean, it's been around forever. Um, you know, it's also designed to prevent guys from just going home and playing all season and making miraculous appearance on playoff rosters for the NHL at the end of the year. So eh, I agree with you in this. It's a tough look. It certainly doesn't seem like it's fair to him. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs I know made some noise about why it's always their guys getting claimed. Um and perhaps hinting at a bit of a I don't know, conspiracy theory isn't the right word, but certainly teams like to you know, there's a team with a lot of resources that can sign a lot of these guys and add to their depth chart and so opportunities to take away from them, uh other teams seem to jump on it. Hey, I, I, I agree with you, but the rule is there for a reason. I remember, you know, feels like almost a lifetime ago, early in my career, twenty years ago covering the NHL, there were it also served as a deterrent for guys that were like, well, if you don't sign me, if I don't get a contract here, I'm going to go overseas, uh, knowing that once they made that decision, especially at a time at various periods where there was more money available overseas, one, knowing that once they made that decision, they couldn't just come back. Once they'd played in a game over there, it would require mm-hmm. waivers and teams would be hesitant. So I think it's partially a deadline thing as well in that regard for, for NHL players uh, in terms of their options to leave the NHL um and have an alternative from a contract standpoint so yeah
1: sort of i've always sort of thought of waivers as as protecting the players and i've thought of it in that context so that teams can't you know stockpile as many players as they want in the in the american league for example so that guy who's been a trooper and been around for years gets that opportunity to play in the league if uh, somebody wants to send him down so maybe it's uh maybe i'm just a softy thinking of the players but uh, i would like to see him
0: I think you're right. That's what where waivers was intended for. This is just one of those, one of those ones that, that, that doesn't accomplish that. It's a good point. And at least as we said in the interview and as Hari said, like uh, the silver lining, uh, as tough as it might be to see with some of the games that the Coyotes have played recently, uh, the silver lining is at least he comes back to a goalie coach that he knows well. Corey Schwab had him 100%. when he was first yeah. over with the San Jose Sharks, so that's good for him. And like I said, um, there's clearly talent there. You don't win a gold medal at the Olympics without it. He's had a great career in the KHL when he was over there, posted some ridiculous numbers. And I think that, you know, based on the number of waiver claims and what we've seen, teams needing quality depth, I think there'll be opportunities for Hari to stay over here next summer. So uh, all the best to him and thanks to him for joining us on the In Goal Radio podcast. For David Hutchison and the missing Darren Millard, get well soon, buddy, because this job is way too tough for me. People complain already about how much they have to hear my voice on this podcast. There will be a ton of those complaints this week. So get well soon, Darren. Um, That's it for the Ingo Radio podcast this week. Make sure you tune back next week. Hopefully we've got something set up with Devin Levi, your reigning NCAA Mike Richter Award winner of Goaltender of the Year. Hoping to have a conversation with him early this week. And we'll bring that to you next week on the Ingoal Radio podcast presented by The Hockey Shop and thehockeyshop.com.